Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch, and we're back to a warm spell this fall day. But of course, I didn't put my plants back on the porch. They are still in the staging part of the home to ensure that there are no migratory critters to infect other plants that don't spend their summers out here. Always a wise protocol to separate your plants, even when you're adopting new ones or when you get a gift from a friend. I want to thank those that reached back about last week's chat about ripening hand-me-down tomatoes. Nancy asked if I tried the the freeze-the-whole-tomato skin-and-all technique that Ed suggested as a way to store the overabundance of tomatoes for cooking all winter long. It works very well for cherry tomatoes, but I would think if you have large ones, just core and cut them into wedges. Freeze the wedges separately so that they don't stick together when you put them in a bag, and then you'll have your tomatoes all winter long. Let me know if that works for you, Nancy, or if you have other ideas. So you may recall last week Ed's dog Dolce feasting on Coosa dogwood berries, reminding me of a story featuring a fabulous Coosa dogwood adjacent to the delightful Avis Campbell Gardens that starts like this. Hello, fellow readers and listeners. A while ago, I spent a weekend with a hundred self-proclaimed tech nerds participating in a New Jersey word camp. There were non-techies too, that would be me, who use the WordPress platform for websites or blogging. I was there to improve our website for our weekly chats so that more readers can find us. A magnificent garden greeted me beyond the parking lot of the United Way building in Montclair, New Jersey, where the event was held. A pedestal fountain and an octagonal pond drew me in through the archway of the stately red brick garden wall, adorned with climbing hydrangea and white climbing roses in glorious bloom. Brick paths, like spokes on a bicycle wheel, enticed me to meander the gardens, filled with an arresting collage of roses and peonies amongst a lovely lineup of perennials, lamb's ear, purple salvia, and white Siberian iris, to name just a few. There was a weathered plaque, patinaed green. Come rest awhile and browse in these gardens created for all. Planned and maintained by the Garden Club of Montclair in 1952, was the tag on that wonderful saying. The newer plaque above it read, Avis Campbell Gardens, in recognition of 30 years of devoted service, May 1982. I lingered by the fountain, adoring the sounds. Floating in the water was a potpourri of petals and blossoms, tickling the corners of the coping that the wind placed there. I felt comforted. Then I dove into the conference and learned about keywords and power words for SEO, the acronym for Search Engine Optimization. Yawn! (laughs) I filled 20 pages of notes over the two days with suggested to-dos and not-to-dos. It was exhausting. Whatever happened to build it, and they will come. Like it did for me with the Avis Campbell's garden. While some of what I learned may come to fruition, the biggest takeaway was from the garden which a fellow word camper brought to life. In the early 80s, Alex from Montclair worked for Avers Campbell, who was in her 80s at the time. She kept a dozen or so clients, Alex explained, to get out of the house. 
She recalls that Avis graduated from the Rhode Island School of Design as a landscape architect, one of the few women to do so in the day. She was no nonsense but kind. Alex shared how they meticulously pruned an expansive boxwood hedge using only a knife to be sure that there would be no brown wounded tips. After this, Avis treated the crew to ice cream. According to the Garden Club's website, Campbell's design was inspired by the Wheel of Life. I would bet the Tibetan Wheel of Life, the cycle of life, death, and rebirth, rather than the modern-day versions by motivational speakers who add things like work, fitness, and finance to the wheel. I'm taking a long pause here because I'm just thinking about how nature is indeed that cycle of life. Everything that is blooming and coming to be eventually goes into dormancy, but brings that nutrients back to the soil, so it's a circle of life, the wheel of life. Who needs the fitness and finances as part of it, right? <laughs> At the end of the conference, I stopped to admire the grand Japanese dogwood, Cornus Kusa, on the corner of the United Way building. It stood two stories high, covered with white cartoon-like four-inch flowers of happiness. Below, the brownish-gray mottled trunk looked like a sculpture through every season. My fog of technology felt lifted. Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com You know, it occurs to me, way back in episode three, we spoke about how gardens glow. It was a story featuring a garden design I did for Morristown Airport, and we themed it around white flowering plants, because white glows in the morning, the early morning, and in the evening. A lovely sight to see. While I adore the cartoon-like flowers of Cornus Cusa, I can't help but love the native dogwood here, which is Cornus, Florida, with its wide branching canopy gracing the edges of woodlands in northern New Jersey. But sadly, there aren't as many anymore due to anthracnose. But there's a hybrid of Cornus Cusa and our native Cornus, Florida, often used in landscapes due to the doggone dogwood disease. I think we have a bit more time. We can touch a little bit on anthracnose, which is one of the most severe among the dogwood dilemmas, though there's powdery mildew, leaf and flower blight spot, and crown cankers that also rank pretty high. Never mind the dogwood borer that can run amok. So it's Discula destructiva, the fungal pathogen that causes dogwood anthracnose, and you do not need to know Latin to know what that means. It is destructive. In fact, deadly over time, which is why my much-loved native dogwood is no longer thriving along wood lines where they love to live. And as far as I've seen, the pure species are long gone from nurseries, though there are few varieties, native plant purists would call native ours, that show some resistance, such as Cherokee Sunset and Spring Grove. So those are two varieties of Cornus Florida that folks do use that are somewhat resistant. If you can find them, I have not seen them all that often. Symptoms start with brown spots on leaves, about a quarter inch, then they often progress to the tips of the leaves, becoming blotched with brown dead tissue. The lower branches begin to die, on which acne seems to appear. No kidding, there's like these pimply red bumps, which are the fungus fruiting parts. When in bloom, the bracts can be spotty, which is pretty. It's like reddish freckles, until the spots turn brown and distort the bracts. As you would guess, since it's a fungus, humid, soggy summer conditions like ours have exacerbated the dilemma. 
So there are remedies you can do. One thing for sure is to collect any of the leaves that drop to the ground, dispose them in your trash, but do not cut back the uh, branches that are infected, but just notice where they are and prune them out during the dormant period, which is late fall and winter. And then in the spring, you can apply a fungicide to protect the flowers and leaves and branches during the budding. But the thing is you have to apply it every two weeks until the leaves are at full maturity. And for large trees, it's hard to reach those top leaves, so you may have to hire a high-reaching professional. And then sadly, even with treatments, many trees do die. So replacing the dying trees with a hybrid of Kusa dogwood and our native flowering dogwood is the thing to do. Rutgers University has been a pioneer in the hybrid led by Dr. Eldwin Orton. He brought to market the Stellar series of dogwoods in 1990, including Cornus Ruckin, Cellar Pink. Ruth Ellen, and Constellation. All are resistant to the dogwood diseases, including anthracnose and powdery mildew. But the only thing about the Stellar series of dogwood is it's more vase-shaped, which is quite different than the much-loved, broad-reaching canopy of the flowering dogwood, but still, they are magnificent trees. It took Orton a quarter of a century to breed, evaluate, and improve the hybrid before bringing it to market. It takes a long time to tackle the fungus amongst us with such beauty and grace. Yes, indeed. And the other thing about the Stellar series, as beautiful as it is, it is sterile, so it does not produce berries for our feathered friends, unlike our native Cornus, Florida. But of course, they do provide shelter for wildlife, so that is a very good thing. You know, as I think back on the Avis Campbell's garden and the theme of the Wheel of Life and the mention that in today's contemporary world, Wheel of Life includes finance and work and fitness, and I just think that's an interesting thing. But there's a parallel to our gardens, the fitness in our gardens by keeping the world healthy, by not tampering with it, with artificial chemicals that seems to be affecting our world in a big way. But we can manage things in our own yards, and that snowballs into others' yards. And uh, more of us, as we sit together and chat and learn, become inspired to just be kind to nature and to each other and to our wildlife. And so the wheel of life, the wheel of nature, begins with all of us. So thanks for coming by. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, I would greatly appreciate if you care to do so to leave a five-star rating because for some magical reason the more we have of those the more folks find us to learn and grow in the garden of life i appreciate it so much and i look forward to the next time on the screen porch have a great day you can follow garden dilemmas on facebook or online at gardendilemmas.com and on instagram at hashtag mary elaine stone garden dilemmas delights and discoveries is produced by alex bartling Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.